Father, we come before you. We're so thankful for Bishop Johnson, Lady Carolyn. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for how you have just enriched them in California. And we ask you this morning, Lord, that you will continue to bless them, uphold them. Lord, let this be a time of rest and restoration and renewal for them. And Father, this morning we ask for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Our complete dependence, Father, is upon you. Lord, we are so thankful for the worship this morning. We're so thankful for those who actually put everything together for us so that we're able to experience you, Lord. We ask you this morning. Now, Lord, this morning, Lord, I'd like to pray for people, Lord, this morning with issues with their lungs. Lord, this morning, even Betty Wilson, Lord, Kenneth Goldman, Teresa Merriweather, Lord, we bring them before you this morning. And Lord, we speak directly to lung tissue this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the regeneration of lung tissue. You are the life and the resurrection. You are the life and the resurrection. And those of you who are online right now, maybe you have a lung a loved one with lung issues, lung tissue issues. Why don't you just raise your hands where you are and you begin to pray for them. We are praying for them with you also. Lord, we thank you right now. You're the life and the resurrection. We apply the blood of Jesus to the respiratory area, to the lungs. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, even as you breathe breath into Adam, Lord, breathe breath into, into those who are suffering this morning with distress in the respiratory area. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for lung tissue that's been damaged to be healed. We speak wholeness and healing over lung tissue this morning. Father, we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise again. Amen. Bless him again. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. And those of you who are online, I want you to praise him as well. Stand up in your house. Praise him. Open your mouth and praise him. Amen. He's worthy of praise. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I, I, um, remember I said our inheritance is among the saints. Man, all kind of things can happen to you when you come to church. I know Shalomar was not expecting this. Come on, just for a second. Come up, just for a second. Yep. Very quickly, tell us in a nutshell, first of all, the negative of what happened to you last week. Uh, just randomly got put out of my apartment, just out of the blue. That okay. And, I mean, you didn't have nowhere to go. You nowhere, yeah. And then what happened? Uh, two people asked to sow $5,000 into my life out of nowhere uh, the next day. And, yeah, that's what happened. And then, uh, and then also you... Uh, I just got myself together. You know, I had a bunch of stuff that was taken away. And then within four days, I got everything back, plus extra money, uh, place to stay. You know? yeah. And, and you, two business opportunities. I mean, I got two. I got a moving company, and uh, I got two big out-of-state jobs that's coming up on top of what happened. So, yeah, all of that on top of getting my stuff back, yeah. It happened. Praise God. Praise God. You didn't expect that to happen. But it happened when you came among the what? Saints. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. Don't stay home. Don't stay home. Because you never know what would happen for you. Amen. And I know for some of you, uh, it's necessary for some of you to be home, mainly because of, of uh, medical issues. But this morning, we want to address that. Praise God. Um. This morning, we want to talk about, last week, the message was incredible. How many of you have been on schedule with your devotions? Come on, raise those hands. How many of you need a little help? Come on. Just raise your hand and say, I need a little help. Okay. All right. I see you. I see you. Okay. Okay. We're going to, help is on the way. Tell that person next to you, help is on the way. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, um. I, we, I, we've actually, I'm a researcher. Praise God for weight loss. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm a, re, a researcher, and that was interesting. Yesterday, my wife and I were walking, and so we're in this situation. You know, I'm still recovering from the knee replacement, so my wife, now Jane, walks. And, uh, and so she, she said, well, probably what I should have done, I should have just went ahead and walked my 30 minutes first and then picked you up. But now, you know, and so, but, <laughs> and so, um, so you know, we, we go walking, and uh, it was just funny to me yesterday because, uh, because uh, her pace actually moves me out of my comfort zone. Come on. Amen. Her pace moves me out of my comfort zone. Praise God. So anyway, I don't know why I said that, but. Yeah, uh, yeah, there it goes. I'm a researcher. And, um, and so I've been doing some research about the pandemic and about the effects of the pandemic. And uh, I want to share with you some of the effects of the pandemic on relationships, family, emotional well-being. They're saying 40% of U.S. adults over the last year have experienced some form of mental health distress. 31% of us have experienced anxiety, depression issues. 26% have experienced traumatic stressor-related disorders. 13% have either started or increased in substance abuse. Man, I never forget, man, <laughs> during the pandemic, I went to, I was at Kroger's, man, and it was during the morning hour. Normally, I don't go in the morning. I was in the morning hour. Man, man, I saw people buying wine, man, by, by, the, by the cases, man. I'm sitting up there, man. Now, it wasn't one person, man. It was just like a whole bunch of us. I said, man, what's happening? <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> And then they said 11% have contemplated suicide during the pandemic. They said one out of every three to four women have experienced some form of intimate partner abuse. One out of every 10 men have experienced intimate partner abuse. In fact, family abuse and abuse have risen in the last year 50%. And, and they attribute this increase to the isolation that, has, that took place during the pandemic. We do not do well by ourselves. We have been fashioned and made by God to connect with others. Even those of you who claim you're not a people person. I want to ask you a question this morning. I want you to participate in this small quiz. I want to ask you, do you have the following people in your life among the members of MCC? And I want you to take out maybe a pen and paper, and I want you to write down uh, how many of these you have. First of all, do you have a Barnabas in your life, a person here at Metro who acts as an encourager, Someone who always, I mean, puts a smile on your face. A person who always reaches to encourage you. Uh, uh, someone who always lifts you. You know, when you come among them, you can, you, they always lift you. Who is that encourager for you at Metro? Remember, we said your inheritance is among the what? Saints. That's Acts, the 20th chapter, the 32nd verse. The next person who is your Paul? Paul or Peter? Now, Paul or Peter actually represents Yoda. How many of you know who Yoda is in Star Wars? You know, who is your Yoda at the church, among in the community? Now, Yoda, you know, what Uncle Ben and Aunt Mary was to Spider-Man. What Morpheus was to Neo. Um, that's what a Yoda are. They may not necessarily be your friend, but when you get around them, they always drop a word of wisdom. They, 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 they're very insightful, man. I mean, and sometimes they may not even show any expression. Who's your Jonathan? Your Jonathan is your true friend. Your Jonathan is the person that sticks with you through thick and thin. 
They are your buddy. Man, even when you act crazy, man, they stick with you. They love you, man. And, and you can count on them. Who's your Jonathan? The next, who's your protege? Your protege is someone that you are pouring your life into, someone that you are mentoring. You may not have them in some type of group, but you are mentoring them. You are helping them become better. And they're receptive to you doing that. Who's your protégés? And then next, who's your VIP? Your VIP person is either rich or poor. The VIP Lydia was a VIP, mainly because she uh, was a business person and she contributed to the church. But she was a, a, you know, a Lydia may not necessarily be rich, but they always uh, uh, seem to just give you something on a continual basis. And it's interesting, my grandmother, man, I'm, I'm, my grandmother would come up to me and I come go to her house and she would always stick $5 in my hand, $10 in my hand, man. And I knew she was receiving a government check and was on government subsidies and, and, and she would just, come here, come here, come here, kiss me on the cheek and then put $20 in my hand. And, and then one time I, I, I took the money and I put it back in her hands and she started crying. And she, she, she said to me, she said, this is my way of telling you I love you. And, and man, that just broke my heart because, because you need to have someone in your life who's poor, who pours into your life. Someone, normally we, we look at people who are poor sometimes in the wrong way. We don't see them as our equal. Come on, saints. So who is your VIP person? They can either be rich or poor. Now, I think you should have at least five. How many of you have, were able to answer all five? Let me see by the show of hands. How many of you had, uh, were, an, were able to answer four? Let me see by the show of hands. How many could say three? How many could say I just had one? So your homework for the next two weeks is to find these people in the body. Why? Because your inheritance is among the what? Saints. Acts, the 20th chapter, the 32nd verse. I'd like uh, for you to play a clip just for a second. Yeah. February 1st, 2021. Public security police storm onto the property of a government-sanctioned church in China's Wenzhou City. Their mission? toppling a cross from the roof of a church building for a second time. They'd removed the cross seven years earlier, but church members replaced it. Bob Fu is with China Aid, a group that helps China's persecuted Christians. That city alone, we have documented over 1,600 churches with their crosses were being burnt, destroyed, and destructed. And many pastors, you know, were even detained, imprisoned, China's Christians say it's the worst persecution against them since Chairman Mao Zedong. To use Ambassador uh, 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 Sam Brombeck's word, uh, it's a war against the faith. I think it's a war against the independent faith. And it's no longer limited to certain regions of China. VOM's Todd Nettleton says this massive wave of Christian persecution is widespread, and it's coming from the national government. What we say in 2021 is that everywhere in China, there is intense persecution of Christian. There is intense uh, efforts to control the church, to bring the church under Communist Party control. The crackdown is affecting every Christian in China, says Nettleton. Protestants, Catholics, government registered churches, and unregistered house churches. And the Chinese Communist Party has a new excuse for targeting Christians. Now, under this the pretext of uh, COVID-19 coronavirus, um, the Chinese Communist Party has intensified its persecution by banning all the church activities, even those services or worship uh, or prayer meetings in believers' own homes uh, with their own family members. July 22nd, 2020. 
a loud knock on the door at the home of a woman in China's Yemen city. She tells the police outside they cannot enter her home without a permit. Moments later, they destroy the lock and enter anyway, breaking up what the government says is an illegal meeting. Fu says it's all part of President Xi Jinping's campaign of sinicization, which means Christians are only considered to be good citizens if they adhere to communist ideology. Ironically, Xi Jinping's portrait was even put on the church pulpit along with the Chairman Mao. And uh, the first line uh, item of worship, um, uh, you know, uh, by the government-sanctioned church before COVID-19 uh, was to sing the Communist Party's national anthem. And examples go beyond churches. In Fuzhou City, a Catholic family was forced out of their government-subsidized housing after they refused to remove religious icons from their home. And China's Religious Affairs Bureau has banned religious funeral ceremonies and preaching in funeral places. This is actually taking place right now. People who are being persecuted for attending weekly celebration services in the local church. I, I could have, um, the same thing is happening in Nigeria. The same thing is happening in uh, Kenya, the same thing is happening in the Middle East among believers, massive persecution of believers because they believe in Jesus Christ. And the whole movement, the whole movement is to keep the people of God from assembling together to celebrate and honor the Lord Jesus Christ. The same thing is actually happening in India. It's for this reason at Metro, part of the lifestyles of a Metro member, first of all, is that we have what? We have daily devotions. And then number two, we attend what? Weekly celebration services. I wanted to show this because th this is something that we many times take lightly. And that is our religious freedom, our, our freedom to, to, to worship. And even that is being attacked in a clandestine way in the United States. In Hebrews, the 10th chapter, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and do good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near, the last days drawing near. That's the English standard version. I was trying to understand what was happening in the book of Hebrews for Paul. And some say it was not Paul who wrote the book of Hebrews. Some say it was Priscilla. Priscilla who was part of the Aquila Priscilla uh, apostolic team under Paul. There's a major debate about that. I, I tend to believe it was Priscilla, but um, mainly because of the, the changes in the language. But it was, it was interesting that the reason why the book of Hebrews was written, it was written because the church was under persecution. In 70 AD, they were trying to kill the believers. And, and man, I, was, I watched all kind of films, you know, trying to get a picture of persecution, man, where, where they put Christians in stadiums and release lions on them while mothers are holding their babies and I mean people butchered for their faith and so what was happening because major persecution was taking place and the kingdom of God was advancing the church decided we probably need to go back to Judaism. We probably need to go, we, we need to stop worshiping Jesus and go back to sacrifices. And so the book of Hebrews was written, hey, we're not going back. We're not going back. In fact, we are going to assemble all the more. Paul said, oh man. And so in another translation, it says, let us consider and give attentive continuous care to watch over one another. Guess what the Bible says? We're supposed to watch over one another, studying how we may stir up, stimulate, and incite to love 
help for these noble activities, not forsaking or neglecting to uh, what? assemble together as believers, as in the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. That's the amplified version. And it's interesting, it says, as the habit, because literally what happened when persecution was taking place, people, some of the saints, stopped assembling together. And it became a habit. And then the Passion Translation says, discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away. See, this is not the time to pull away. And neglect meeting together as some have formed a habit of doing. You can say this last one. Because we need each other. In fact, in, in this scripture, it's, and, and it, this passage in the, the um, Passion Translation ends by saying, in fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. And it's interesting, basically what God is saying, that, that, that even as the last days begin to approach and escalate more and more and more, we should move to meet together more and more. Our assembling together is necessary. What does Paul mean when he says, don't do not neglect? Basically, it takes three words to form the word neglect in this passage. It's actually a picture of a person who feels down and out. A person who feels discouraged or someone who feels like you are extremely left out and defeated. You feel like everyone is succeeding except you. The Lord is speaking to you this morning. Those of you who are online this morning, those of you who are sitting here this morning, the Lord is speaking to you. He's saying, do not stay home because you're discouraged. Do not stay home because you feel like you, you're left out. Do not stay home because you feel like other people are doing better. Do not stay home because you feel lonely. Do not stay home. In fact, another way of saying do not neglect. A more literal way of saying, don't drop out of church. Look at the person next to you and say, don't drop out of church. Those of you who are online, say, don't drop out of church. I'm going to give you some reasons now why we should attend. And I'm going to say this. There are things coming right now. Believe it or not, our rights are being challenged right now. Our rights to assemble, our rights, the very Bible itself is being, it's being slowly attacked. And the scripture, oh man, oh man. But the Lord says, as we see the day dawning, we are to meet together all the more. There's something that happens when we're all together than when we are by ourselves. And I'm telling you, some things are coming, man. I, and so don't be surprised. Don't be surprised at the increase of seismic material, uh, se seismic activity. Don't be surprised for the increase of, of, don't be surprised when you hear of a, a, a very massive earthquake in the United States or in the eastern uh, portion of the world. Do not be surprised when you hear about volcanic activity taking place in unusual areas or, or an enormity of, of, of volcanoes being activated. Do not be pushed out of shape. Do not fear when you see the weather take on changes that are bizarre. When you begin to see weather, weather is going to take on a whole new dimension and swing this year. It's already started. 
It's signs of the times, but it's also a sign to us. Birth pains of a move of God. Why should we go to church? Why should we assemble together? Then we're going to walk on out of here. Here we go. First of all, the reason why we assemble together, let me say this, the enemy's job is to cause you to isolate when you're in, when your greatest need, the enemy wants you to isolate when your greatest need is for encouragement. And the enemy's job is to cause you to isolate when your greatest need is for encouragement. The enemy makes you stay home because you're discouraged. You need encouragement, and encouragement is among the saints. Let's say this again. Your inheritance is among the saints. Number one, what happens? What happens when we gather together? First of all, we, exper we experience the largeness of God. We, we, we experience a preview of his majesty and splendor through corporate worship. Man, wasn't worship great this morning? And when we begin to sing together, it's, it's like whatever uh, uh, heaviness that's been over us, it lifts. When we worship together, we don't get that by ourselves. We experience, it's one thing to know who you, who Christ is in you. But it's another thing to know who you are in Christ. We experience being in Christ when we come together. When we come together, we, we, it, it collectively communicates the realization that God's power is at work among us. The scripture says in the book of Acts that they were all together in one place. And then Pentecost occurred. Number two, another reason why we come together is because of the corporate anointing. Man, some of the most fascinating things have happened under the corporate anointing. Man, I, I, there have been times, I don't know about you, but there have been times, man, when I felt like I'm just completely out of my mind. How many of you know what I'm talking about? When your emotions are going haywire, man. I mean, you're either feeling down, you feel dejected. Man, man, you, you don't know. You, man, you really don't want to be here. Man, your mind is somewhere else. I just can't wait till it's over with. I can't do it. I'm, I'm just here automatically. I'm here. Praise God for habit. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, while you're here, in the midst of worship, in the midst of the corporate gathering, the corporate anointing is released. And then that heaviness lifts off of you. The corporate anointing is greater than individual anointing. Another thing that happens is life infusing preaching and teaching that inspires us to live beyond the hurts of life. That happens when we come together. There's one thing to sit around the tape or, and to listen to a message. And man I, man, I listen to messages. But when we come together as a family, when we come together as an assembly, when we come together as an ecclesia, ecclesia and, and the bishop is standing here preaching or whoever he has designated to preach the word of God, that person is preaching and you're, and you're in the midst of trials of life and God speaks to your situation. And that message moves you beyond the hurts of life. Sometimes when the preaching is taking place in the corporate anointing, we're prompted to acknowledge our sin. There's a continual reminder of the love of Father God. What happens many times? Our priorities get reordered. How many of you that's happened to you? Under the preaching of the word, your priorities change. 
it reorients your perspective how you look at that situation you thought you were going to leave them you thought you were going to leave your family you thought you were going to leave your wife or the wife was going to leave the husband but when the word was preached under that corporate anointing your perspective changed many times that can't happen at home that happens why because our inheritance is among the what saints When the word is preached in a corporate gathering, it feeds your spirit and it heals your soul. It shapes your vision of the future. And many times you experience confirmations, confirmations. Just to hear sometimes Bishop Johnson or Lady Carolyn say, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Sometimes that's the word of the Lord. Sometimes the word of the Lord is just hanging there a little longer. Hanging there a little longer. Sometimes the word of the Lord is reset. Mean change your life. <laughs> you get confirmations. The Lord says change your house. The Lord says clean up your house. The Lord turns around and says, hey, prepare buy to buy a house. Prepare to buy a house wonder. Prepare. Prepare. Begin to look. You never know what's out there until you look. They're saying one thing in the market. But if you are tithing, you're bringing your first fruits before the Lord. I'm telling you, God has your house. He's hidden it. Nobody sees it until you walk and go look for it. That's a word of the Lord for somewhere. Don't settle. Look. Look. Tell the person next to you, look. There's a cohesion of life that comes when that word is preached under the corporate anointing. Why would you stay home? When you can sit in all of this. See, once you start making stay home a habit, it's, you develop a habit. He said, Paul said, as some of you, it's become a habit. It's become a habit. It's comfortable to be able to drink cocoa in the morning. With your pajamas with, you know, got little feet in the, in, the, in the pajamas, man. Or you got them shoes, them big bunny shoes, man. Walking around the house with your cocoa, man. And you sitting down, look, listening. The word is not bound anywhere. But you don't experience this. Because I know God is doing something this, this morning for some of you right now. See, the miracle didn't take place until Moses stepped out on the water this is for somebody this morning you've been praying for a miracle but the miracle won't happen until you put your feet in the water then the water part the water then part before the feet were in the water begin to look 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 you want to go back to school begin to look begin to look you want a car begin to look begin to look We're in a season. Although sudden things are happening regarding last day activity, we're in a season, a revival of suddenlies from God. A revival of suddenlies from God. Financial suddenlies, relational suddenlies, marriage suddenlies, all kind of suddenlies. We're in a season of favor. We're in a season of favor. We're in a season of favor. This is a time to recover what was lost. Some things were lost in the last season. We're in a season of recovery. There's
They're saying the houses are high, but a time is coming where the prices are going to be low. You'll be able to move your business wherever you want. Oh my God, let me get back on point. I'm going to skip that, skip that. One of the things that happens when we come together, and I value this, man, sometimes I watch Bishop Johnson, Lady Caroline, and we just, you, you sit back and just watch the people of God networking. Not networking for personal advancement, not networking to, to get anything, but just watching the body, the people of God talk. Sometimes the best part of service is after church. Because, I mean, man, so many answers have took place in that parking lot. So many people have found jobs in that parking lot. When we walk out of here, because we are the church, the presence of God assembles when we out here. Oh man, I don't know if y'all hear this, man. See, when we come together on a weekly basis, we experience our assembly as a community fellowship and relationship. The reason why, because we are a miniature version of the body of Christ. Every once in a while, you need to experience Jesus with skin on him. Look at the person next to you and say, you're Jesus with skin on him. <laughs> See, we, 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 we need fellowship. We need relationship. When we come into the house of God, Shalomar, we make new friends we never saw. We, we never knew what would happen when we walked through those doors, but then we found our, what? Inheritance among the saints. When we come together, we receive love from other people. Man, sometimes you, you end up celebrating your birthday by yourself. And you think nobody remembers. But then when you come among the saints and somebody come and say, happy birthday, happy birthday. Oh, man. And you needed to hear that. Or somebody called you because the Holy Spirit prompted them because you're connected. Sometimes you need, you, sometimes in the community, we're not just receiving, but we're giving love to other people. We're giving love to other people. We're giving resources to other people. Man, I love, man, man to impart to people's lives. When we come together, it reminds us that we're not alone. That we're not alone because loneliness is real. And you know something? You can stay home and sit under that demonic cloud if you want to. That's a demonic cloud that's messing your perspective up and when you, when you sit under that cloud of loneliness, what happens? You're not able to see what God is doing. You're not able to see what he's planning. You're not able to hear the, the good things he has for you. When you stay home and you're full of loneliness, yes, we all get lonely. But when you're lonely, guess what you got to do? You got to get up out your bed. You got to get up out your house and walk into the house of God. Lord, have mercy. And married people get lonely. Everybody gets lonely. It's what you do with that loneliness. When you are lonely and you are fellowshipping with yourself, you can't move forward because all you're hearing is the voice of the enemy in your head. But when you come into the household of faith and the message is preached, the light comes and you're able to see. It's not dark as I thought it was. I'm not by myself. There's some people that understand and feel me. The last thing you get when you come into the house of God, you receive ministry. And it comes in all kind of ways. It comes in all kind of ways. Lord, have mercy. I mean, man, you can't come in this church and not be ministered to. You get it in the parking lot, you get it in the foyer. I mean, man, 
what's so great is that it just doesn't mean that it just, and man, I'm going to tell you something. Bishop Johnson loves praying for people, man. He loves the flock of God. He and Lady Carolyn, they love the sheep. But then also in the family, there are other people that start praying for you. And then you get a chance sometimes to see that somebody else is hurting. You get a chance to pray for somebody else. It's the body ministering to the body. Oh, man, we've received grace to cope and deal with life. Sometimes the ministry help we get, sometimes, how many know, sometimes we just get in trouble. Sometimes we just make some bad mistakes, bad decisions. We end up losing some things. But then, just like when you cut yourself, all the white blood cells run to that area to get the infection out. There's some believers that come your way that keep that poison from taking over your life. Come on, saints. When that happens when you're in the house of God. That ain't happening in your house. Put your pajamas on with me. Anyway. Probably my favorite time is when Bishop Johnson ministers the table of the Lord. Oh, oh my God. It's, there's not a time where at the table of the Lord, the atmosphere is just filled with the angelic presence of God. The glory of God appears. Major healings take place. And we, I don't know if you experienced this, we feel this oneness as a family. It's like this love just flows among us. And man, we're laughing and talking, laughing and talking. Everywhere you go, everybody's laughing and talking. That's the presence of God. You can't laugh and talk with yourself and experience the presence of God like that in your house by yourself. I'm at the end. Let's stand. living you all if you keep living you will experience some trouble in your life some trial will come your way something will occur that knocks the air out of you but the greatest consolation we have at metro is that we have one another amen that we have one another and if you're by yourself you by yourself by choice and then sometimes you, you don't have the choice to be by yourself because people <coughs> will come and interrupt you. Like Minister T, praise God. Oh yeah. Y'all don't know, uh, Xavier the same way. Xavier will come and invade your space. I, you know, you just got certain people, man, that, that, that spot the lonely. Now, Metro, we're going to pray. Now, two groups of people I want to pray for. I want to pray for, and I, we're not going to come to the altar, but I, I want you to be honest with yourself. Because some of you are not feeling like you are a part of the family. Because you're not, you're not giving of yourself to the family. See, I know for a fight that sometimes it's hard serving in the house of God. When you have children to raise, you got a job, you got food to cook at home. But one of the things I've learned is that when God anoints you to do something inside of the family, that anointing holds your whole life together when you serve and when you make a decision oh man I just need to stop serving that anointing that held your life together because of your ministry it disappears and then all of a sudden your life begins to unravel and I'm not saying that you know sometimes you got to stop because you're sick sometimes you got to stop because things are, are, are I mean major situations 
But I'm speaking to people this morning whom the Lord has been speaking to you about giving of your life, giving of yourself. Man, it's amazing what we have accomplished. <laughs> I sit back and think of all of my, Jane and I, we sit back and think about all the stuff that has happened in our life and we have accomplished, but in the midst of serving, that grace has held us together while we serve. I know Pastor Chris and Toria, they know what I'm talking about. It's the grace. There's a grace that comes to you when you serve. Those of you who know you, you need, you know the Holy Spirit is calling you to another level of serving, another level of giving of your life. I want you to raise your hands wherever you are. Just raise your hands wherever you are. I just want to pray for you. That's all. We're going to pray. All right. All right. Anybody else? Are those hands up or you just, okay, all right, all right. Father, Lord, we thank you for the people that have raised their hands and honor you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for, Lord, that you have spotted this couple, this family, this man and woman of God, that there's an, an unusual anointing on them. Jonathan, the Lord says, this year you and your wife are going to discover more and more about the purpose of God in your life, why God planted you here. There's something that God wants the both of you to do in terms of ministering in the lives of other people, helping people deal with the hurts of life, helping people move through the trials of life. God, there's a grace on you to lead and it's going to be cultivated and believe it or not, you, you sometimes wonder, uh, do they see us? Do they see us? I want to tell you something, Bishop Johnson, Lady Carolyn, do see you. And things are going to begin to change for this, this year because the hand of the Lord is on you. And, and, and it took faith for you to, to say yes. Praise God. The other person, I just want to say, the Lord, the Lord says to you, he, you are going to become, you're already in a miniature form, but you're going to become a Lydia. You're going to become one who's able to give and resource to many. You're going to, the Lord is going to fill your hands with many good things. The Lord is going to cause wealth and increase to be your portion. The Lord is going to change even your mindsets that, that reflects and pushes away uh, uh, the increase. But it's coming. It's coming and coming. And, and Shalomar, you raise your hands and the Lord says, indeed, your inheritance is among the saints. And I want to tell you something. As, as long as you keep yourself in the fellowship, this is what the Lord wants you to do. See that arm? Locked arms here. Lonel, if you come up here. This is what the Lord wants you to do. He wants you to lock arms with the brothers, even these brothers as well. And you're going to find that as you do it, there's no end to what God is going to do with your life. All right, those of you, you've been dealing with loneliness. See, some, some of you didn't answer that, that prayer request because you were not obedient to the Holy Spirit. God, you, you said, well, I, I just can't see how I can do any more in my life. The reason, the reason why you can't see because you're not walking in your purpose. When you walk in your purpose, your vision enlarges. Leave that alone. Okay, those of you who are dealing with loneliness, and you've and you and you've just been dealing with that loneliness, that heaviness. Just raise your hands wherever you are. Just raise your hands. Amen. I want I want the saints of God. Those of you, I mean, really raise your hands. Just raise your hands. Those of you who are dealing with loneliness. Amen. Amen. I got my sister right here, one of Bishop Johnson's teams. If you could go and stand with her, minister to her. Got my sister over here. Amen. Come on, you all minister to her. Praise God. Come on. Amen. Where, where the hands are? I'm just looking for hands. Praise God. Somebody minister to my sister. Amen. Praise God. Amen. This is what we do in the body. The body ministers to itself. Amen. Amen. Anybody else who had their hands up? Anybody else who had their hands up? You with her. Amen. In fact, you may end up finding yourself dealing with youth. I want to tell you something. The Lord says he see you.
the Lord says he sees you. And not only that, but that he is answering your prayers. There are some things that you've been dealing with in your heart and you have not felt like you could articulate them or if anyone would understand. But the Lord says, even the person who has their hand on you have experienced like things in her life. And she can speak to that. And because you were courageous, there are going to be others that start coming your way, surrounding you, and you will not be lonely anymore. There's a loneliness that even your parents can't answer. It's a loneliness where you just need friends. You need people. And God is starting to do that today. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for those who were courageous today. Those who were willing and able to say, Lord, I'm lonely. I feel isolated. I feel by myself. Father, I thank you, Lord that you will not allow no member of this body to go, to go unnoticed. Even, Lord, cause our fellowship today with one another to be life-giving. Lord, I'm, I'm praying for men and women who are online right now. They're not able to attend because of physical situations or because of job situations, because of time. And Father, we, we pray for you, those of you who are online, and you said this morning, I'm lonely. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would, the scripture says that you are touched by our infirmities. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for ministering to the weaknesses, to these weaknesses, to these areas of hurt. Lord, even those online who, who've gone through a major relational situation, and you're dealing with the pains of separation. Father, we pray for them today. Let us know. Let us know online. Let us know if you want more prayer. Let us know if you, you need someone to stand with you. Let us know. We'll pray for you. We'll call you and pray with you. Let us know. Let us know on the chat. We'll call and pray. Father, I thank you for your ministry throughout this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, give